it again with another episode of Shades of Blue. My name is Cody Bradley, and we are the Blue Testament, and we're drinking very hard, like real hard, and we're actually drinking right now. Five straight winless. We were destroyed by an earthquake. <laughs> it's not pretty right now. Uh, but the podcast is at full strength tonight. So I That may be the only good thing, Cody. Right, yeah, the only good, only good thing about sporting Kansas City right now <laughs> was the Shades of Blue is back at full strength. So identify yourself. I mean, I'll start. Allie Trost. Ah. That's a voice we haven't heard for a while. Back. Pad Bell. And Robert Russert. Wonderful. So, who wants to, <laughs> who wants to talk about the Earthquake game if we must? All right, so we're drinking Blue Moon here. Uh, <laughs> tip them all back, everybody, if you have one. I have a nice tea. So, Thank you, so far we've avoided the earthquake game. <laughs> but yeah, I guess we do have to talk about it, don't we? So, Namath at PK, oh my. Yeah, I guess that's a good oh place to start. Oh my. The PK was a good place to start. Yeah. And there was something I didn't feel confident in it for some reason. It didn't feel right. I don't know why. Yeah, I, I said he was why. gonna. I said he was either gonna get blocked or miss it when he stepped up. Why? I've, so why did we both feel that? Because well, to start, it wasn't Elie. <laughs> That's the simple answer. Actually, I was wanting it to not be Elie. I know. I was wanting Namath. No, I was wanting Johnny. There's something I think. I don't know, and maybe. Like, Namath and Russell give off two kind of different vibes, especially when you look at a PK situation. Like, there's a certain type of confidence and personality almost that it takes to, in my opinion, be a really successful PK shooter or, you know, maker, completer. That's why I don't know <laughs> what the right way to say that there is. But, and I think that's why people were so skeptical about Elia at first is because he kind of goes about that way a little bit more quietly and he said he's not a goal scorer and he that said something he's to do not with it. a goal yeah, scorer right yeah um but clearly you know he he wanted it and you know with pks you have to want to take the pk like if you if there's an ounce of you that doesn't want to take the pk you are already giving yourself a complete disadvantage right but all of those things you described are, are the reasons i wanted namath to take it he just seems like that guy no well given his position on the field yeah most he's would think he should be that guy. Yeah. The 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 positive to Ilya taking it is he's calm, cool, collected. Like he doesn't get rattled. I mean, you mm -hmm. never see him rattled, right? And if it if it if he's even upset at somebody, it's like for ten seconds and gone, right? Yeah. Yeah. The emotional factor is not there. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's got the ice going through his veins, kind of thing. Namath, I think, is he should be like super accurate. He should have the placement and the touch and all that stuff. I just have like. He's either on or he's off. You know what I mean? The downside to Ilya taking it is like almost every one of his is savable. Right. Almost every one of his PKs has been savable, and too many of them have been. He doesn't place them really, really well. Mm -hmm. Where Namath tried to place it really, really well and then blasted it over the damn bar. But his form was so bad. 
That's why I would go with Johnny because he's got the ice. He's got the the fire and ice in him. Yeah. And he's got the skill to place it hard. He really is like the perfect balance. Why do you think that is? Like, what is it about Johnny Russell that makes him so? Because he's a great Scott. <laughs> I eh, I would have to differ with that. I think Johnny is a little emotional. Uh, I, I I would prefer Felipe myself, but yeah, like he's a better mix of of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's fair. I like Felipe doing it, but I, I I'm still on board with. You want your striker to be doing it, like oh, you I have agree. a guy to score oh, I agree. goals. Yeah, like, yeah, isn't that what he's there for? I, Funny, none of us have mentioned Gerso taking it. <laughs> oh my! Never. <laughs> okay, cra- crazy thought though, Zeus. Uh, no. Oh my God! I don't yeah, think he has a lot of confidence that right is... now in anything. So <laughs> that you kept a serious, like your poker face was great right after yeah, you said it was, that, it was, and then actually. like you cracked when we all reacted. And that was that was well done. I thought he was serious. I was like, you picked the guy that actually has a track record of <laughs> performing poorly. You say serious and Zeusy like in the same sentence, and all I can think about is the Joker graphic from last oh, season. Yeah. Oh, God. For all who remember that, <laughs> I think was that game against San Jose. Well, I guess I mean they had it all year, right? Or did they stop using it? No, like the first time that they they did not use that all year. <laughs> no, I can, I know that for a fact. They should have. Never I want to say it. that game was against San Jose. Maybe I'm crazy. Let me look it up. You are, but you might be right. <laughs> So other than that, uh, it looked like just that it was that Danny Hoosen, Hoosen, right? Hoosen, Hoosen, just destroying the back line, just sneaking in. He had, I guess it was just like too much speed and they couldn't, they couldn't deal with it. At least on those two plays, it was just like too easy. And not stepping up together, you know, yeah. But. Well, and Crosse kept him on one time of the two. One he just blew through. The other one he was blowing through with whether Crosse kept him on side or not. Um I, I still don't really blame Crosse for that. He's not a natural left back, so he's got to got to get in sync. But that's yeah. something that takes time to be good at. So I know a lot of people were totally hammering him for that. They were. But so let's just pose the question of what is wrong? What is the problem? Because it looks like that is what everyone in on Twitter and in the comments – you, we we have to come up with something like that. There's a there's a problem going on that needs to be fixed, as opposed to just a couple, a few bad results. So what's wrong with this team? I mean, to me, if you look at the team just on the roster and look at all the players they have coming back, the depth, all of those things, you would think like this team. There's no. I mean, they're going to the MLS Cup. Cody's that's what. That's what many. Already. Yeah, Cody's on a second beer because this conversation is driving. Hey, he needs carb refill. He went on for a run earlier. He's he good. did. He's he did. He's, he, he's replenishing his body of the nutrients <laughs> that he lost. I That's... drank a Gatorade too. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you call pacing yourself, folks. <laughs> Mixing alcohol and Gatorade is interesting. Is delicious. <laughs> as long as you're not alternating the two. I mean, you know, one before like the other is good. That's like a weird concoction that like a no, no, I mean, kid like would make and serve Gatorade out of a cooler. and alcohol. Oh, that okay. Would be... Whoa, whoa. Yeah, no. It's like the new summer brew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why have I never thought of that? That's a good way. Nasty. Don't try it, please. I've I've tried a variation on that, and it was actually the worst thing ever. Well, like vodka and Gatorade? Is no, it? it was actually... That sounds like high school Pod me. listeners, you realize that our discussion's off microphone are actually more fun than our ones on microphone but sometimes we intermix it was actually soju which is a korean liquor and tang 
which is like the worst thing ever. Yeah. Tang, so, I know Tang. So ever it was clear like, and Kool-Aid. It was like, Did your skin turn bright orange? Like that sounds like. <laughs> it was like extra intense orange flavored formaldehyde. That was pretty much how it was. Uh, goes <laughs> and yes, that smooth. is an ingredient in soju, or at least was back in the back in the day. So going back to what Ali was saying, which was what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so what's wrong? Something with about the depth well, that we had was really good. Yeah. I mean, if you just look at the returning team, you have players who now have a year under their belt uh, and the returning players like Johnny Russell, the impact guys, you know, Felipe Gutierrez. But how has that not been enough? And to me, it comes down to the defense. Peter Ramiz has prided himself in this team, this club, on always being defensively sound. That is is not the case. They bring back Zussi, they bring back Beasler to these new contracts. Uh, Sestinovic, another one. These guys are not playing up to the par that they need to to keep this team uh, on a winning track. Yeah, I, I and like I agree, and it sucks that we're saying anything bad about Sestinovic, but it's so much, you know, last year no one would have, was really saying this, and I think it was like, it was seeing this team go against Monterey and just seeing an all-around better team, and it's like, oh, okay, our our outside backs are just not – they're really not that good. Maybe they're okay for MLS, but – And Monterey was hammering Sestinovic during uh, legs one and two in that in that matchup. But that's a good point, Cody, that last year we did have defensive problems and people you know, kind of glossed over them, but now it's it was- showing it's a true issue. Well, they were scoring like maniacs at the time. So, <laughs> well, but I mean, if you look at you compare the two defenses, you know, Ike Para struggled a lot last season. So him being gone, he you did. wouldn't think he would did. have a huge change. What was the difference? I mean, Jalen Lindsay though did get a lot of minutes last season. It did play you know a significant number more games. Now he's out with injury. Was Jalen Lindsay part of you know a difference maker more so than we may have been able to tell last season, comparing it to now? Well, I mean injuries. I mean, yeah. I mean, we won't. We don't know the answer to that because of the injury. We don't know the answer yeah. to Wallace if he's good enough or not because of his injuries. Uh, and now Beasler and of course Fontes as well. So, well, and Ali was talking about you know a Peter Vermees team is normally such a staunch, staunch defensive team, and right now he has kind of like his hand has been forced with trying out Crase, who right you know. He might have confidence in him, like to get there at some point, but you know his hand has been forced now, and he's playing this guy that he never would have trusted, you know, that easily in the past to play there regularly. Because going into the season, you're thinking, okay, Sinovic, Wallace, Madrondo will be back, you know, not till June or whatever. But you're not thinking you're going to go down to Croze again yeah. <laughs> this early in the season. <laughs> Although yeah. he did okay there last year for the one game, right? For the e- one game, exact, yeah, exactly, one game, yeah. I mean, a spot starter kind of thing, I think it's quite all right. Relying on him to be the starter there is a whole other story. Yeah, which is kind of where we're at in a sense right now. All right, so I'm going to take a little different tack, okay? When you have... Naturally. I have to. Hey, it's good for the balance. That's right. Um, But actually, this is honestly believed also. It's not just doing it for the devil's advocate kind of being an asshole thing, which sometimes I do. You're not an asshole. Which you're really good at. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. (laughs) We all have our different roles. (laughs) Yes. Um, but I don't, it's not just the back line is not playing as well. It's the entire team is not playing as well well, true. in that regard. And if you look at how well they played in Champions League against Toluca, it was amazing. If you look how well they played in the second leg against Panama, it was really, really good. Um, 
you look at how they played against LAFC, they lost that game, but on tired legs after travel, mm-hmm. et cetera, they actually played okay in that game. They lost in the last seconds. I forget. It was like right near the right near the whistle. They they gave up second goal. Mm-hmm. If they had tied that game, it'd have been like, oh great, you know, that would have been a great result. Uh, the the ga- goal against the the game against Montreal, they destroyed a, a mediocre team, and they played absolutely great. When they were playing good, they had the the good possession, they had the good confidence, they had all that going for them. Right now, after Monterey, the confidence is gone. They have been. It's unfair because the team has so much more money to spend mm-hmm. and all that stuff to make that comparison. But they just got destroyed. They no longer like, hey, we're the we're the big boy in the neighborhood. They just got spanked, and deservedly so by a better right. team. But that confidence is not there right now. Yeah. If you look at when against San Jose, two factors to that San Jose game. One is they weren't playing confident. The the passing was terrible, and they were also missing a guy who is really key in the midfield, Roger Espinoza, who mm-hmm. I know some of our fans love and some hate, which I don't get the hate because Roger does so much more than most people realize he does. Yeah. And even if you don't see him on the ball or don't see every tackle he makes – positioning and his threat and stuff like that is a complete difference than having a much more talented Jean-Luc mm-hmm. Busio out there. Right. Okay. I mean, Busio is far more likely to create a goal than, than Roger is, mm-hmm. but Roger is far more likely to have a team win when he's on the field. Right. And do the heavy lifting and the bulk work in the midfield right. and the trans, you know, transitioning and moving the ball forward. So without Roger there, as soon as they gave up that first goal, it was like, Oh crap, here we go again. And it was, you know, I'm proud of them for not having opened up the floodgates and having given up seven goals to San Jose at that point. Right. It's that that's where I think the key thing is they got to get some confidence back, which is going to take getting some results and getting Mm -hmm. some of that possession back and getting a little bit of that swagger back. Yeah. I think it's interesting you say that. I I had an interesting conversation with Felipe a couple of practices ago. Uh, This was right after the – believe it was the first Monterey loss. So this was when they were in leg one and he was very candid. He was like, it sucks. I mean, he didn't say it sucks, but he was basically like, yeah, you know, it it sucks. Like it, it confidence wise morale, he was very open. Like I'm, you know, they're pissed. They were mad. They were angry. And then, you know, I kind of was talking to him about, you know, the level in the league this year, how he feels compared to last season in terms of, you know, beginning of last season, Felipe Gutierrez was like, oh my God, this guy's going to score 27 goals. I mean, that's what the track that he was on, at least the excitement, looking at this new player, not really knowing what that potential was or the ceiling at least. And he kind of, he was saying to me that he feels like other teams have caught up, which I thought was kind of interesting. So is it teams reading him better and reading some of these new players like Johnny, Felipe, Johan, is it them reading them better or has the league have other teams really truly caught up to sporting Kansas City due to offseason moves or teams gelling better? A, a little of both maybe. Um, every, every team's adding talent. I mean because of TAM uh, and better scouting and stealing players and all this other good stuff, every team has improved. I mean even the worst teams like I think if you took the last four teams in MLS today and played them against MLS 10 years ago, they would probably be the MLS Cup champs, okay? Um, Agreed. It's just better talent across the board. It's better scouting, bringing in better players all across the board. Some of the coaching is still a little iffy, New England. Um, 
New England is what he said there. <laughs> so anyway, it, it's it's a little bit of both. I mean, nobody is going to be surprised by Felipe getting a good shot off now. Mm-hmm. Where before he was like, oh, you know, who what, who the hell is this guy? Right. Nobody's going to be surprised by Johnny Russell cutting between two defenders now. He still can do it, and he's still going to. That's, that's what I was going to say, that he still will. <laughs> yeah, but but they will also be a little more conscious of it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, any team out there that has any kind of scouting right. group in their department, in their front office, or in their staff, will be able to say, mm-hmm. hey, watch out when Johnny's got this ball. You might only want to put one defender close to him and one drop back instead right. of two of you closing him down because he's good at beating the shit out mm-hmm. of both of you, okay? Right. Um, they know this. So they're going to be a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I think there's some validity to the league catching up. I mean, look at the three big teams last year, Atlanta, the Red Bulls, and us, and look where we are right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we target on our back. They look at us and say, okay, what makes them successful? What can we do to beat them? You know, so that's difficult. But we've known for a while, folks, that Sessanovic's not – the greatest left back that Graham Zuzzi is defensively not the greatest right back we've known this for a while I've personally thought the Ilya is not the best defensive midfielder yeah he can move the ball around but counterattacks slow yeah. those down yep. no and now without Roger without Beasler what the hell is going to happen the next month and this next month right. of games is crucial mm-hmm. what five out of six or four out of five at home yeah. yeah no that's that's a good point that you bring up especially you know on those counterattacks and I think that's where fans who are like anti Roger really don't understand his value like on counterattacks Roger is the guy that you want tracking back and being that next line of defense it's not always Elia Elia is great at moving the ball out of the back yeah he's not the best tracking the last man down and trying to stop he can read him. fairly he well can read but it well but it, yeah. in a different way it's he's, not yeah it's gonna be more a positioning thing yeah. than, than a it, than a tracking a guy down and stealing the ball off of him he right. does it once in a while but it's not right. his strength his he will be better at being in the right spot to to push a guy to the side mm-hmm. into somebody else that can do that tackle. And that's almost Sporting's Achilles at this point is that all these parts work so intricately together that when you take one out or take a few out, in this case due to injury, it, the whole locomotive is, you know, it's falling, it, it's more likely to fall apart. It's just, it's a, you know, they have depth, but it's not depth that is, you know, easy to retrofit and move pieces around, I guess. You know, when you're winning, things can be glossed over easily. Let's just admit Felipe Gutierrez has been average. There's been moments. Yeah, He's been average. Yeah. Nothing spectacular. Yeah, he's – I've been waiting for him to come alive all year. There was – was that the couple – whatever, what game was that where he had – Oh, that was the seven to one, the Montreal game. He had a goal and mm, an assist right. or two yeah. assists or something. Yeah. yeah, and that was you know I thought maybe that would like get him going, but you know it hasn't. There was until that PK, you could like forget he was on the field at times. Some of that may be the fact that Nemo is actually scoring. Right, um, right. When but... when Felipe was scoring, or you know it was nobody else was. Kyrie Shelton, uh, God love him. But... <laughs> I had a conversation with someone recently and. I mean, I think this is interesting just because we had this conversation a ton last year. Okay, you said someone. Okay. Does Sporting Kansas City regret getting rid of Diego Rubio? How much does the team miss him? Did you know Eric Hurtado was going to go out injured? Yeah. Eh. But, I mean, if we look at 
win Diego Rubio. What's he done in Colorado? Yeah, yeah, he hasn't really done anything. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I mean, I'm just I know comparing off yeah. of last yeah. season. I know, I know. <laughs> so yeah, he scored on, that's what he did. He scored on Kansas City. And you know that that one was entirely fueled by vengeance of some sort. But, yeah. He was going to carry that ball in in his lips if he had to. <laughs> but, I mean, if you look at him last season, no, he wasn't like – he didn't lead in goals. He wasn't – the number nine that people were hoping for, but he did score in some big moments. Oh, yeah. He added, for sure. he for sure, you know, definitely added a spark of sorts to the offense that at times feels a little different now, but I don't when, know. When Rubio had a chip on his shoulder, he was really good. Okay. You just keep him pissed. That's but and, and that is a little bit of it. Okay. But the problem with doing that is at some point it's going to turn sour. Okay. Right. And it's probably, it was probably the time to move him to prevent that from going really sour. I don't know that it was ever sour in the locker room. I'm not going to spread any rumors that I don't know about or anything. Okay. But Kyrie, and we had this discussion a million times last year, Kyrie did something really good for the team, but couldn't score. Diego wasn't doing what Kyrie could do at the beginning, but when he got uh, enough of a chip on his shoulder, there he was. He was tracking back. He was being the asshole that he needed to be, and he would put a – Put a ball in the net once in a while, which actually pretty often. So, mm-hmm. so sorry, uh, we had a bit of a, a spill here. Bob was playing with the top, <laughs> taking the top off of his Yeti, and yeah, well, could have been catastrophic. I'm not even drinking. But, <laughs> but is the problem with this team offense or is it defense? It's defense right now, is it not? More so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more so. Yeah. Well, it's pretty much everything back from the forward line. Yeah, midfield. Uh, Agreed. Defense. I don't think Tim's been as strong as he's been in the past. Because, uh, I mean, you could always count on Tim to, like, stop one or two really, you know, one or two good stops per game. Yeah, where's that been? And in the in San Jose game, he didn't – did he make a save? Maybe one? I don't yeah, know. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> have to go back and look at the stats, but none of the – he could have saved a couple of those, I think. So – I'm not trying to like lay all the blame on him. That's not mm-hmm. not yeah. the thing, okay. And and in the San Jose game, you have I think Beasley actually got hurt on the first goal, stayed in, tried to see if he could keep going, and that led to the second goal. And at that point, they're two goals down, and their confidence was already fragile, and they're gone. May I may I provide a. Uh silver lining or a or a happier point of view to all of this sure as Please i do. as i generally do <laughs> uh, and go ahead but i, I want to add something to that after this okay if you so you know five games winless sounds pretty bad but two of those were a team that was just on a different in a different book than mostly anyone in mls than anybody in mls correct so that's three winless in MLS. One of those, a draw, a, a draw in Cincinnati, with heavy lineup rotation. Another one, a tough draw away against a very good team, New York Red Bull. And yes, the last game was very bad. <laughs> one really bad game is how is is where I'm seeing this right now. But with all the injuries, there's yeah. question marks. I agree with you. Yes, the yeah. injury, the, the injury, not falling. the injury thing hurts. Yeah. and that's and that's where <laughs> we're going next. Is if and, and I agree with you, Cody. I mean, I, I'm just gonna say like uh, 
talked to Peter today and he was kind of lamenting how some people will talk about how they are now the worst team in the league and <laughs> sort of aspect, right? And he, he didn't name any names. He goes, and I don't go out looking for this, but people will bring me some of these these stories out there. And I'm like, yeah, some of the pundits are a little crazy, aren't they? Uh, <laughs> and he, he didn't really comment directly to that, but uh, just how, you know, a month and a half ago, sporting was the best team in the league, you know, according to some of these pundits, and they're the savior of MLS and all this other bullshit. And now they're the worst team in the league because they <laughs> got blown out by a team that's on a different level and had a bad game against San Jose, who probably isn't as bad as what their record's been because they're under a new coach and trying to improve. So it's it's one of those, like, yeah, everything went wrong for them, and I do think that whole confidence thing, like I was talking about earlier, but, all it, that's, but the silver lining is all it's going to take is a little bit of confidence and to settle down a little bit, and they still have all the parts they need to do to be successful. They're going to have to do it without Roger for, what, for a while, a couple months. I forget how long exactly. Um, the, the, some of the other parts that's missing, uh, cause I kind of joked with this about with Peter today. Also, I said before the season, you said you had two full 11s ready to start. I said, well, you just lost one of them practically. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Basically. Um, but we weren't counting on Wallace to start. So, I mean, he's, he was just going to be the extra guy. You know, he, some people thought he would start over Seth. Some didn't. Uh, so if he's gone, yeah, well. Hurtado was never going to be the starter over, Nemeth, mm-hmm. over Nemo, right? <clears throat> he was going to be the guy who might get a spot start or um, be late late game sub, right? So it, they're not the biggest loss in the world. Now, Beasler, Fontas, Roger. We're not... We're not talking about injuries yet, sir. You're right. <laughs> I thought you had I thought you were you had one other thing you wanted to add. That's what I thought you were going for there. About silver linings? Well, I have one. Before I started mine, you were like, "Oh, I got one more thing, dad." But get Allie, go ahead while he thinks. I think I got sidetracked on it. So. Well, all I was going to say was, I mean, is is there a better time to have this happen than the beginning of the season? Exactly. <laughs> like, if there's a time that you want the team to go through some bumps, some hiccups, some Get the injuries taken care of early. We saw what, what happened when Sporting Kansas City last season was hot early, had the the midseason hump of kind of peaks and valleys, some losses, injuries, and all that. You know, then that's going right into getting ready for postseason. So, if anything, a lot of lessons to be learned from this kind of hectic well, beginning of the yeah. And injuries also, sorry, injuries also, you know, opportunity. And it's an opportunity for growth for players and see some some depth. Exhibit A on what Allie was saying is Seattle Sounders were terrible all year and even three-fourths of the year in seemingly were like at the bottom of the table and then just had a good two months, three months. Well, and that's what people forget. Soccer is is – the season is so long. This isn't like a 16-game thing. Like they're play- – like this is a – it's a process. <laughs> it really is. Like you have to, you know, be with a team throughout. Anything can happen and you know, with any sport, but especially a team that's playing throughout this entire season. So what are you, what are you mouthing? While but, we, can I can I can oh, I say yeah. a but? Yeah. But with the playoff format this year and how bad sporting's been on the road in the playoffs. Oh yeah, no, they gotta yeah. they have to yeah. get a they have to get a home playoff game. That's like, only that's, the first place though. Yeah. Oh, but, you're 
Yeah, yeah the updated system. <laughs> <sighs> wow. But, More you things know, all is not lost. You're right. It, it counts how well you're playing in the postseason as long as you get there. Right. Yep. And but, this is a different team. So it is. the the team that hasn't done well on the road in the playoffs is not the same team. So. Dang, I thought I was going to be able to come up with like to say how many points back we were, and that would make us feel better. But it doesn't. <laughs> no, no, it does not. <laughs> it does not make me feel any better at all. <laughs> Yeah, you, we're, you, we're at nine. LA, LA is at uh, twenty-two right now. So, yeah, they're on a good pace, solid pace. They're on. <laughs> okay, so we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back and just dive deeper into this sadness of talking about all the. Injuries. <laughs> well, that's inspiring. <laughs> yeah. So stay tuned. <laughs> I can bring the TV. You can bring the beer. We'll wave our flags from the front porch. There's a party on in here. Well, it's a football night. Well, it's a football night. We can gather all the friends all around the zoo. That's not a better thing to do. Well, it's a football night. Well, it's a football night. When our final whistle blows, you know we're gonna feel All right, so we have discussed about what has gone wrong, how bad the San Jose game was. Now let's put all that behind us. Let's look forward to the positive. Oh, wait, everyone's hurt. <laughs> what is the lineup going to look like? I thought you were yeah. going to be like Rosie and Saturday. Saturday. I, you know, I always am, but the these the injuries thing hurts. Espinosa out two to three months, that hurts my heart. It does. As Definitely. much as, you know, everyone's been wanting Busio, I'm all for that as well, but, you know, off the bench. <laughs> or... <laughs> Or not every game, at least, you know? I think what hurts with these injuries the most is that it's, like, these core players. Like, you, Matt Beasler gets hurt. What? I thought he was, like, like, I look at, like, Matt Beasler is to Sporting Kansas City to, like, what Patrick Mahomes is to the Chiefs. Like, in a different, like, relative to the game. I mean, he is, like, there. He's Sporting Kansas City's guy. He's not, has he ever suffered a really horrible injury? I thought Matt Beesler was a robot, not just because he never got hurt, but because of the way he speaks to the media and all of it. Like, I thought he was a robot. I didn't think he could get hurt. Well, he's short-circuiting, and he's hurt, Cody. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Beesler is, is the, the new normal. He's going into reprogramming. Salvador Perez. He's, <laughs> he's updating his hard drive in his software. <laughs> he's getting the Matt Beesler 7, like that iPhone 7, the 7.0. Right. And they're all going to come back better than they were. Okay, so let's go down the list here. Espinoza is two to three months. Um... We talked about him. Beesler should be back before the end of May, so like about a month. So, you know, we talked about we talked with Roger. Busio basically slides in there. Except except Busio will be gone after this game for oh, a right. few weeks for yep. the oh, U seventeen target qualifying. <laughs> yeah, so in our Slack group when that news came out, the thought everyone people were kinda like like, man, why would they do that without, like, you know, everyone's kind of assuming he wouldn't go do that. And so that news came out. It's like, well, man, they named him to without asking if he would go. <laughs> but, no, I, I you know, that that's right. I'm sure they did ask, and I'm sure he is going, you know. so Well, he's well, going. Well, yeah. when this, you're only, se- like, 16, you don't get a say. <laughs> well, this is all well, leading to the fact. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, and uh, – they, I do think on the youth side they can say no, but the national team level they can't it's because in FIFA windows and stuff. But they did, they they did okay. But I think they negotiated for him to stick around for this game. 
So it's uh, Freeman's leaving tomorrow from the from when we're recording this podcast on today's Wednesday, right? Wednesday yep, Wednesday. Night. Okay, so he's he's reporting on Thursday to the camp where Busio is going on Sunday. So he'll be around for the game. Don't know if he'll play. That's a whole other story. But but as far as this discussion here, midfield, it's time for Kellen Rowe to step up is what this means. Yeah, he's got to step up in his homestand. It's got to be Kellen Rowe then after Busio has gone. I mean, Kuzain could play a role, but Kellen Rowe is supposed to be the guy. And I, the veteran. I So far, it's safe to say I think he's let a lot of people down. Or I don't know if yes. maybe people had too high of expectations or what, but it's it's been rather disappointing so far. Yes and no. I, I know I, he hasn't had that big of a shot yet. Right, exactly. He He's a guy who his, has a capability to come in and do some really, really good things, and that's that's why they got him. But he's also a guy who needed to come in and learn the system, and sure. sporting is a little, lot different than what he was playing in before. So if you look at making the comparison to when Benny came over from New England, ironic uh, or interesting at least, uh, it took him a while. It took him half a season, and he was getting regular playing time before he really started to to play well. And it wasn't until like the playoffs that he was actually the kick-ass Benny Failhaber that we knew. So it took him like a season pretty much to get to where – we he was the Benny that we remember. Very true. Well, and what's also interesting too, it's like Kellen Rowe has played with New England Revolution for I, it was what seven seasons, eight. I mean, that's a long. I mean, that's ingrained in you. That's not like he was jumping ship every two years or you know every other season. I mean, this is he's not he doesn't he's never learned a new system before. This is completely foreign and new to him. But he is finally happy. He is happy. <laughs> he does look happy, yeah. <laughs> happy off the field. Well, I I mean, and like you said, that it took Benny half a season. I, It's hard to know. The standard can't be Felipe Gutierrez came in and was an impact player in this. You know, and, I mean, look at Johan. I mean, look at, like, different players that come in. And granted, you know, those who hadn't played in MLS before, but learning right. a new system, I mean, everyone adapts differently, even but- if you're – if you like you've played in the MLS before. Last year, Felipe and Johnny hit the ground running, and they were awesome from the start, and then fell off. Johan was mediocre from the start, and just got better throughout the year. And by the end of the year, he was one of the best players when he was mm-hmm. on the field. Yeah, I know some people will still not understand mm-hmm. that or agree with it, but they're wrong. Okay, so Killen Rowe slash Busio are gonna have to step up for Roger. Matt Beesler out for a month. We have to bring up another injury, which is Fontas, but I think he, Thad, he practiced today. Is that correct? He practiced today, and like they were bringing him back in. So he, I think he could be ready for this weekend, uh, but it might be another week. This is news that is breaking out of Thad's drafts on his Twitter. Yeah, just because he, he was he's too been l- sitting on this news <laughs> since nine a.m. I was trying to make sure it was in the podcast. <laughs> Guys, you have no idea how many scoops from practice that Thad gets, but he just didn't tweet it out, so you never know about it. <laughs> hey, he's been doing better lately. Not scoops, but he sees things in training that people would love to see on Twitter. I try. I've been better about it, but he, he- is the back post. He's there, <laughs> the eyes and ears. Okay, so without Beesler, we're looking at okay. Well, so if if Fontas isn't ready, is like, where, what do you think happens this weekend? Are you saying Rautabwe? Rautabwe? Rat Rat Guatabaye. 
Yeah, there, there, there's a G in it. <laughs> People are saying it with a G. I think that is right. I don't, I don't know how the G gets there in go. there with an R and a W and an H. But it just does. That is why soccer and media is like, <laughs> I mean, I don't think people, I actually commend any like broadcast team or anyone who's like, well, people still this. don't get Sinovic right. Yeah. Yeah. Sinovich. Yeah. yeah. What? Really? Still? Look, I'm not sure if I get it right either, quite <laughs> honestly. But that's the one name on this team where you don't get fined if you say it wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say it however you want. Okay. Uh, so I just been calling him Abdul. So maybe we've got him and Barath this weekend. <laughs> I couldn't. I didn't know if I was going with his first name or last name. <laughs> Is that his first name or his last name? <laughs> that was his last that name. is his last name. I, his first name back came out of me. So, you know, I have all the confidence in the world in Fontas. And Botan as well. But, you know, there is definitely Abdul. there is definitely something uh like Ali was saying. I don't I don't know if I compare him to Patrick Mahomes for this team, but oh. it's there you're we're definitely missing something without him out there. And Roger too. Well, I mean, Matt, those are the two. And Matt Beasler, I mean, again, he is he is the sporting Kansas City like he's the guy. If you're looking at it, like he's the Superman of Sporting Kansas City. But it makes me wonder too, last season we saw Graham Smith, who's with the Swope Park Rangers, get his first MLS start and debut. Will is there potential to see that again? I haven't been keeping up personally with the Swope Park Rangers, but is there an do you see a, an opportunity for him there? Was he in training with yes. the first team he was Aha. Ah. however that's not that unusual right okay there was about half of the Swope Park rangers right. in training team. right yeah. it's actually really by default well it, it's really common for Swope Park rangers to be in yeah. training okay it's it's not unusual um and when especially with like having to fill out enough guys to basically have a two uh, practice squad essentially right. with the all the injuries that really made sense but it's not uncommon anyway. And Graham Smith is almost always up there. Uh, Kuzain's almost always up there uh, in training with them. You know, even the keepers, they, they will be in training with sporting until the day of the day before a game, right. that sort of thing. So it, it's not uncommon at all. So it, you just can't read too much into that. It's not uncommon, but, but I would not the be landscape currently. I would not be surprised. I mean, Smith will almost have to be either in the starting lineup or on, on the bench, bench yeah. because uh, – if if Fontas can't go, I mean, then it's Botan, Abdul, or Graham Smith. I mm, mean, it's right. one of the it's two of those three, and we're almost sure it's Botan. Uh, I'd say Abdul did well enough last game to warrant another shot, and Smith has played really, really well at Swope Park. So he he got in the doghouse last year after that one Open Cup game when him and Emiliano Amor were not very good, and Emiliano Amor was sent to well i don't know where the hell he went but he's gone <laughs> he's gone siberia um <laughs> he's been wiped from the <laughs> the record books but graham smith was sent down and never came back up but he wasn't let go and they could have let him go pretty easily right. or they could have done it in the offseason pretty easily but he's pl- not only played well down there he's been the captain of right. the team for a good chunk of last year and this year so he's doing well. I think he's played well. Well, when that game happened, Vermees didn't say, I never want to see these guys again. Literally what he said was they have – I think it was something about they have a long road back to first team or to seeing this field again. And maybe Graham Smith has done everything he's needed to do. 
And and Peter did mention that he was an option for playing. So and also yeah. Peter didn't name names in that situation. Yeah, you know, like that. It was all speculation. Granted, I think anyone watching that game would yeah. assume that those two would, you know, <laughs> were the players he was talking about. But I mean, well, some are speculating that Seth is one of those that people in the doghouse right now mm-hmm. because of some comments about how players didn't step up and do things. Uh, yeah. It. Quite honestly, I don't think Seth was the worst one out there in those Monterey games. He wasn't. He didn't shine, mm-hmm. but I think the other side of the field might have been worse. Well, I was just going to say, um, who wants to see Hassler play right back? This, yeah. My hand just went up, by the uh-huh. way. I know yeah. you can't see that. We'll yep. talk about the lineup soon. Hold on. We'll get there, people. <laughs> Let's continue with the injury list here. Uh, well, Jimmy Majanda, due back in June or July. And he is doing yeah. more and more every day. Can't be soon enough. Good. Um, doing doing ball work on the side. So in like warming up with the team, then doing ball work and stuff on the side. Okay. Uh, Eric Hurtado, last we heard, he was ahead of schedule, which was two to three months. So maybe mid-May, late May or June. Yeah. I don't think he's been in training yet that I've seen. If he has, I've, I've, I missed it. So, I mean, I still think he's a ways from – yeah, so if uh, he's if he hasn't trained yet, then we're probably looking at late May. But, but that dude still looks strong as hell. Yeah, he's he's solid. He's like he's like low to the ground, and he's just like, he's solid. That's like how I I see him. He'd be hard to push over. Yeah, he's no pushover. <laughs> okay, uh, Jalen Lindsay on uh, crutches. Yeah, yeah, on crutches still. Okay, well, on okay. single crutch at least. The other no. hmm. one crutch. Uh, he's looking at August or September. Uh, we talked about Fontas training again. And then the other one, it's probably worth a discussion, is Gideon Zalalem, who has no timetable for a return and, an, and a history of injuries. I think he Sounds was warming promising. up with the team today. <laughs> what did you say that? I think he was warming up with no, the no, team. No, no, no. Okay, Cody, when you were, you, you were going to the bathroom, Dad goes, yeah, he was just running around. <laughs> Which, like... When I when like you think about an MLS soccer practice and you like say someone's running around, I'm like he is picking grass and flowers <laughs> and pointing at the birds, looking at planes go by. Yeah, <laughs> he's just running around. Well, I think this it's is not evident that he needs he's some... picking daisies out of the field and staring at balloons going by. No, that's not quite the same. <laughs> you mean like I think some it's of the evident kids he needs some direction, <laughs> though. I, I, you know, yeah, I think he's yeah. in the right place for it. It's just going to take a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah. again, as we were talking about opportunity. Again, if he's hurt, it's hard for him to like well, sure. step in and take. Well, control. sure. And I just, I, d- I don't want to say something that's not correct. So he was, I think he was warming up today with the team, mm-hmm. running around with the team, the whole team running around together. <laughs> Allie. Uh, so, and once you get to a certain point, they kick you out because, you know, God forbid, I might like come on a podcast and say something. <laughs> oh, God. That would be the worst thing to happen. <laughs> So I, I my guess is if he's not ready to come back for this weekend, it'd be the next weekend because mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what it was like an ankle. Yeah, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. But and the last one I missed there was Rodney Wallace, who's out for a very long time. Yeah. So whoops on that one. Uh, don't even know. All I know is last time I saw him, he did not. He was not using crutches, so I don't know if he had already had the like. He has to have some kind of surgery, right? Yeah, I mean it was hip surgery was announced. I don't I don't even know if that means he had it or if he's still due to have it. Yeah, I'm not sure. So 
So that rounds out the list of eight That's on enough. the injury report. That is more than enough. Well, so, and, so eight injured and two with the U-17 national team. So there's And then also, ten. I mean, <laughs> not injured per se, but you also look at people coming back like Daniel Shallowy. He's right. you, not injured technically anymore. He's But we don't know if he's at 100. But we don't know if he's at 100. Yeah, he's not at 100. I mean, so that's – He wasn't at 100 before he got injured. There we go. Oh, so there it is. So eight plus the two leaving and Shallowy. That's 11. That is a full lineup there. Plus guys like Gerso, Russell – Namath, that should be a little weary. Gassed. A little weary. A little the, bit. Okay, yes and no on the positive if not side. Physically, emotionally, mentally. Yeah, no, that's I'll go with that. But yeah. I mean, physically they've had two full weeks of practice yeah, you're right. you're with right. just the one game in between and you know what I mean? Yeah. So they they had two one game a week weeks so far. And if they're and at their come. level they can't be physically recovered in that, that's then Agreed. that's bad. Agreed. Okay. Which we, I I'm I'm sure they're better than that. But the mental thing, which is back to what I was saying in the last segment about the confidence is, yeah. you know, I think they're just mentally not quite right yet. And it's just going to take some success. And if that comes, it comes. Well, the first opportunity for that success is on Saturday as the New England Revolution come to town. Could be the answer to all our problems. <laughs> you go, Brad Friedel. Saturday will change everything. Uh, of course, we'd have thought San Jose would have been too. So I yeah. know that's what I was just about. <laughs> that to was say. at San Jose, so okay, I'm giving so, us a so you know, pass on that one. So Teal, Teal Bunbury coming in scoring a couple goals would uh, not <laughs> stop it. I was, no, I was Thanks just going to say that, the worst thing that could happen would be like a catastrophic home loss. Like I don't know. I mean, that's a they've got a, a, a deep hole to dig out of as you know they currently stand. That would be the worst thing that could happen at this point. Ain't gonna be sold out. Probably. So New England is in tenth place, and just lost tonight with a two. Oh, they did. Uh huh. It was a game tonight. Yeah, <laughs> a bunch of games tonight. All right, let me refresh. This a bunch game. of games tonight. <laughs> They're like eight tonight games was tonight. Like the... the mighty Montreal destroyed New England at New England today. Oh yeah. So yeah, hmm. it did update. I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. So they're now two six. And one <laughs> on the season with just seven points. A measly seven compared to Sporting's nine. Wow. On the, on the, uh, if, you're, if you're looking for silver linings, Sporting has looked good at times this year. New England has not. I mean, have they looked good? I think they had, no, they had one good game this year, didn't they? They beat uh, New York or somebody recently. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> I like well, it. And almost even worse than that, they've been having internal problems, which are almost worse than, you know, what's on the field. And what's on the field you can fix. If there's like a a deeper issue going on off the field in the locker room in the, you know, within the team system, that's like a, you know, it's cancerous. It's hard to, you know, right those wrongs and, sometimes. And a lot of it seeming to come from the head coach, which is even more of a concern. But hey, who would have predicted this? New England's even above the Red Bulls and Atlanta United. Right. Granted, they've played two more games than this those teams, but still. It's weird, no. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, two more games is no joke <laughs> at this point in the season. But that is like, when, when I was talking to, to Peter today, and it's like all the pundits, how they talk. The, you know, Atlanta and New York were going to be like the, the, the dynasties, right? You know, they're going to be great for 10, 20 years. <laughs> and sporting's just this low-level Midwest small market team who, you know, 
but when you look at it, Sporting is the one that's been consistently good over years. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta's been good the entire time they've been in this league, but it's only their third season, so Right. Yeah. They're However, gonna have their up and downs. Yeah. Everybody's gonna have their ups and downs, but it's just yeah, it's the nature of the game and but honestly, like that's what keeps MLS fun and exciting. Like how I mean, if Atlanta United was the dynasty team <laughs> for five, if, six years, like that would suck. If MLS Stink. was like the EPL or La Liga and there was two, three, four teams at the top every single year, and I wasn't one of them. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be watching. Right. But let's go right. back to the LA Galaxy thing. You know, that was Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane, David Beckham. You can't have just three stars on a team now that'll carry your team. Yeah. It has to be much broader. It's right, and that yeah. just goes to show how much the the league itself is progressing and growing. There it's, were other guys not trying to shirk them, but you know, right. Yeah. But yeah, as a whole, it has to be it has to be deeper than just yeah. that. But you could count on them three, those three, to be doing something in every goal. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. Creating it, scoring it, having set up the pass that set up the pass, one or the other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And when Arena couldn't win, he would, at summer window, he would go out and buy another DP. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what you do. <laughs> the simple fix. All right. So, up front, we're pretty set. Yeah. Let's go ahead and look around the lineup. Let's. Look at oh, it disappeared on me. Sad. You talking about our voting on the Blue Testament? Yes, I am. Um, start with uh, start with defense. Who do you want? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Eric is, that, Dick. is that okay? Answer. Uh-huh. <laughs> Eric Dick. <laughs> Put Eric Dick in goal. Let's see it. Why? I'm kidding. No. Don't I mean, be a oh. Um, all right. Well, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say that I I want to see Graham Smith as one of the center backs. Is that if Fontas is healthy? That's regardless. I want to see him, Barath. I want to see. He could provide more stability. Is that your thought? Yeah, and you know, like he knows the system. If Beasler does, if he, you know, if this injury, you know, hopefully he's back by end of May. But should something go wrong? Don't rush uh, a kind of questionable Fontas back into the system if you don't need to against a team like New England. Right. So I'm going with Graham Smith, Baroth, Zeus, and Seth. Yeah, I think that's a good question, though. If Fontas is ready to play, I mean, if they're confident that he's good, bring him back, and that's that's fine. And at that point, I'd probably play Botan. Mm-hmm. But if Fontas is still questionable, you're right, don't risk him. At that point, I might pull in Graham Smith to be the more calm guy mm-hmm. and Botan be the little bit more of a destroyer guy. Right. Yeah. So looking at our poll on the bluetestament.com, where you should make an account and comment and participate in this poll. Surprisingly, Tim Milia's not it. He's only at 90%. And there are a handful of votes for Zendejas. So <laughs> you were wrong on the on the Eric Dick prediction there. No, we just wanted to say that to see you try to figure it out. And but, then, but as we said earlier, Tim hasn't been playing it as Tim Melia best. Yeah, that must be why I'm seeing that list you, there. If you factor in the breakdowns with the defense, that's gonna that's gonna impact the goalie as well. That's true. Oh, true. it is, and he's it's it. I'm not. Please believe me, I'm not blaming Tim for all the goals, but he has come up big in the past yes. when they have let. Sporting has right, over right. the last year 
been susceptible to counters the last two years, been susceptible to counters. And Tim sometimes gives up one of those, but he also quite often would stuff, you know, 50% of those. Yeah. Here's a stat that I'm interested in, and I don't know how we would get it. If uh, Mike, if at down the byline can help us out here, how many of Melia's big saves came? Like, what was the, the score, the current state of the game when those saves were made? You know, coming up big <laughs> and making a save when you're down 3 0 or when you're down, like, that's a little. That's different to me because the entire get back with us next week on that alley. We'll see what you dig up. I, I, I will. I'm gonna take <laughs> quite some digging. I don't know if I'm going to have the time to look into it, but I would be interested just because of you know looking at the last you know five games here and looking at Monterey, looking at this game particularly against uh, San Jose. What was the state of the game when? Mealy was making those big saves. I think quite often he was saving them when the game was on the line. Uh-huh. So, I mean, I do think that – I understand what you're saying because yeah. I've held that against certain guys who have scored in the past. Like, they would score when they were down 3 nothing or they were up 3-1, and it, right. that goal didn't matter. Right. You know what I mean? But I think Tim was making the big saves mm-hmm. a, a good chunk of the time when they were – when it counted. I'm just going to use this opportunity to slide this in here. So you know, guys, some of the best goalkeepers in the world go through some poor spells. Of course even, they do. Even David De Gea <laughs> is having a rough time right now. Gave up two goals to Manchester City and uh, perhaps handed them the league today. And also lost one to Messi last week that he should have saved. Suck You're it, Manchester United fans. You're making me hurt, Cody. <laughs> It was just a good day for me. I had to bring that in there. Okay, so moving on to the defenders. The four standouts for the poll on our website. Barath, Fontas, Sinovic, and Zusi. So people are done with Krause. And no one for Graham Smith. Not one, not one vote for Graham Smith. But that, still 5% from an injured Matt Beasley. That just means that hasn't taken this poll yet. Let me know. Any for Hasler? Oh I yeah, Has- so. Hasler's got a healthy amount. He's at 17 votes. I'd like to see him in there. A solid 27%. So we, we need more voters. Get on there and vote, people. I did vote. I just <laughs> voted myself. Uh, yeah, no, you that's yourself into the lineup. No, put Bob Russell. No, I right voted. Back. We did. Uh, we did myself. briefly touch on Hasler last week in the pod. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm all for that. Let's. Let's see it. Let's see it again. Just to give Zuzi a rest, if for no, no other reason. You know? Well, how about I mean, how about is he is he capable in any way of playing left Worse? back? Oh, left back. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, I, I feel like a lot of outside backs are there. You know, it's just athletic. They have a good instinct for both ends of the field. Yeah, try him on. Try him at left back if Krause is not working and Seth is in the doghouse. I don't know. Good. It's. I'm always amazed because I would think that you play outside back, you could play the other side fairly that's, well. That's what I'm saying. But, but it is not the case, apparently, because Lindsay was able to do it and do it very well. But some guys, it seems like if you flip them from one side to the other, they're totally lost. And, I know. I was, I was just about to reference Jalen Lindsay could do it, and he's a teenager. <laughs> yeah, but he's special. Yeah, yeah he's special. <laughs> we have special teenagers. We do. Our teenagers were bred differently. <laughs> they're... They were they were academy coached. Um. Okay. And by the way, Krause does have twenty one percent of the votes, less than Hassler. But so moving on to the midfield, three standouts: Busio, Gutierrez, Sanchez, just as you would expect. Kellen Rowe, 
a solid 27% also, but way behind the rest of the field there. People opting for the 17-year-old or the 16-year-old over the... He's earned it. Yeah. I would bet he doesn't start. Just Busio. So you Uh, think Rowe's going to start? I I do. And and this is nothing I saw in training or anything like that. This is just me trying to second-guess what I think Peter will do. Busio's going to leave for the U-17 camp after the game. So I don't think he'll probably play the full game. So if he did start, he would probably play 45 or 60 at the most. I don't think in the last game he showed the ability to stop enough stuff like Roger would, but him coming off the bench is a changing the game moment too. So it's as we've seen. Yeah. So I I almost think he's more of a threat, better threat right now. Uh, Of course it's new England and maybe, you know, it's a good chance for him to continue to grow. So. All right. Moving on to the wingers, Johnny Russell, almost all of the votes. Gerso comes in at second, and Shallowy. So Gerso's at sixty-two percent. Shallowy's at forty-one. I'm on Team Shallowy here because I agree, but because because Gerso makes my heart rate go up. <laughs> he gives me anxiety. <laughs> and Shallowy needs to get in a rhythm. You yeah, playing time to get that rhythm. I know. I, I we kind of talked about it very quickly last week. Gerso is. Playing well, he he he's putting the ball in the back of the net at a at a decent rate right now, and that's he why was. he well, was. Yeah, that's true. Right. I, I mean, I, I've been like saying very good things about Gerso this year, but when he stops, it's he stops, and it's <laughs> the last few games he has not been very effective. Yeah, yes. I mean, Vermees was saying at the beginning of the season, I think everyone was expecting Shallowy to take that spot, and it came out Gerso, and he told us, you know, I'm looking in training, and Gerso's scoring goals, and that's mm-hmm. what he did to start out. But Actually, excuse I, me, he scored the two goals against Monterey here, so he did. That's true. Yeah, so I, I need to stop my. I need to correct myself. You're thinking about that's still two Gerso's games ago. Past. You're thinking about the ghosts of. No, he just he's he wasn't he wasn't very effective in Monterey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple other games I think he was just not very effective, and well, I mean he was very effective in the Montreal game. Yeah, <laughs> big seven-one yeah. victory. But that like, seems again, like so long ago. It, I, does <laughs> it, it does. not seem like. <laughs> that was like end of March, and you could have told me it was, was like last you year. could have told me it was beginning of February, and I'm like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, so I, I think the what we saw from Gerso at his high points this year, I think that that is the peak of Gerso. I don't think he can get any better Agreed. than that. Agreed. It looks like he could because he gets himself in these positions, and he just needs that one final touch. But we've been watching him for years now, and it doesn't happen. So, but I. I do think Shallowy does have another level that he could find. Oh, yeah, we know he does. And could become a superstar in this league. So well, put the, the man in the game. And the thing about Shallowy, too, like we saw last season, like he's a big moment kind of player. You know, he, he, may, he may not be the the guy who's I – mean, he didn't score con- super consistently last season. Granted, he finished with the most goals. But that the one game that always sticks out in my mind is the game against Atlanta on the road. Oh, that yeah. was like – the game last season. I mean, honestly, that was probably, if you don't count postseason, sporting's biggest game last season. There's one time to show up and make a difference, and that goal was beautiful. That goal was incredible, and Allie and I were watching that together in a bar where no one else was watching. No one cared. We were playing trivia. Like, there were so many other things going on, and we're, and like, we're like, ah, like, freaking out. It was <laughs> awesome. But didn't Jerso score the second one? Almost didn't, okay, but he did. but, like, it was... <laughs> 
I mean, if you miss that goal, that's yeah, right. <laughs> you're condemned, basically. Okay, and then at the forward spots, obviously Christian Namath, but he's still only at ninety four. Got- <laughs> and also Tyler <laughs> who, who got the other votes? Oh, he won't even be there. We got Tyler Whoa. Freeman's parents. So the two votes for Tyler Freeman. <laughs> Mom and Dad Freeman. And Tyler maybe. And Daniel Shallowy has two votes also. From yeah, it's probably Mom Tyler and his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mr. And Mrs. Freeman and Mr. And Mrs. Shallowy voting for their sons <laughs> in the Blue Testament poll. Yeah, see, uh, now, uh, just going back to the winger for a second, I wouldn't start Shallowy this game. Just give him another game to get back in. in Because he missed a month, essentially. Right. Well, it depends on his physical state. Yeah. And the state of the injuries. But if he does start, then he's a he's a 45-minute guy, not or 60-minute guy. Not yeah, a, and that's okay. I mean, he is vlogging. The end. He's, yeah. he's currently vlogging. That's a good sign of health. <laughs> good is health. it? That's right. Just started a vlog. Or like a focus. But, you so know. go watch the Little Brothers vlog. <laughs> I wonder if he's, like, editing the video. Like I'm picturing yeah, like have, him and his like. I bet he's gotta have a like, buddy. Does he have like, like a little lab, like a little? This was yeah. born mad scientist. Him. He's gotta have a mad buddy that was like, oh, I'll edit all the videos for you. That's yeah. gotta be how this happened. <laughs> or a girlfriend. Or a girlfriend. Oh, there you go. <laughs> little brother. I don't even want to think of him with a girlfriend. No. <laughs> <laughs> he's an adult, you know. He's still little brother. I call him no. little brother. Any like to me, anyone that's, but like. Busio. Busio is the same age. My little brother just turned 16. They it's are crazy, two totally different human beings. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, but it's, it's not, not even, I, no, it's literally not even relatable. Yeah, but Busio is an anomaly. It's not fair to relate yourself or anyone I know. as a 16-year-old to what he's But it's doing. hard not to. So you're saying your brother's not going to transfer to Europe soon with a <laughs> you know pretty what? big contract? and <laughs> He's doing pretty well in golf, but I don't know if he's, uh, if he's going to do that. I, it just Busio just blows my mind. Yeah, it, no, and because I talked about like Busio and Freeman today, and it struck me late, a little bit later that day. I stop at Quick Trip. I'm walking in, and there's like some 16 year old there sweeping <laughs> up and picking his nose. Right, and I'm yeah. like, dude, man, you are so far from what I was yeah. just seeing. What? I, yeah. <laughs> but also, man, the two of them, like, they have a knack for soccer. We see them doing their greatest, the thing that they were just put on this planet to do. I'm sure they are very 16-year-old-y. Okay, so... Well, like, they have to be because they are, and that's yeah. okay. Side story, I mean, and, and you guys have all like done interviews with players and stuff, and you know, usually the PR guy will kind of hang out nearby, right? To Lingering lean, very close. <laughs> to listen in and stuff, right? So Tyler walks out, and uh, the PR guy walks out with him and stuff, and, he, and Tyler's like, you're going to stay? He's like, no, go. He's like, leave. And he's like, no, I'm not leaving. And he's like... He's like he's, he goes. He's here to watch me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, Tyler. Yes. He's here to watch us. Yes, yeah, is. no. It's like it's because they go through training. He was like literally like it was like a teacher watching him. He like didn't want to want his teacher to be watching. <laughs> Clears the store every now and again. <clears throat> <clears throat> but my favorite part, and like this is something I just always forget because you're used to you know thinking about the players in terms of the being the age of like Johnny Russell, Matt Beasler. Like they're not only adults, but they're you know. Married, have kids, have a family, have a house, you know, can totally can do their own thing. John Lucabusio's got his parents liking tweets, coming out to every game. He's got to call them before he goes to any post game <laughs> celebration. Like, it's just, you know, Matt Beasley finishes the game, walks off the field, picks up his, his cute daughter, yeah. hanging out with his wife. Busio's like, yeah, hey, but he has mom, to ask his wife. Did you see the thing with the Calderon after the uh, last home game? 
Unbusio scored, somebody from the Cauldron tweeted out that oh, we're going to get all the beers for him, and you know we're going to sneak all the beers to the 16-year-old <laughs> oh, or something. And his mom responded saying, please no. <laughs> Dion Busio, I think, oh I wanna, I think it's pronounced Dion Busio, is my favorite person on the I didn't see that. I missed that. That's hilarious. And so she's like, yeah, please no. He's just 16. He's Thanks. Love, right. mom and dad. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, guys. So we are we're over an hour now, um, but the news came out today of Kaku's punishment, and it is an extended all of two games. In for a total of three, for correct? A total of three, in addition to his Grand red card suspension. Total of three, which is criminal, I think. Yeah, I mean, we were on this podcast last week talking about eight to ten. <laughs> I mean, dang. Yeah. If they had gave it an additional four, I could like say, okay, that's a little short, but okay, I can kind of see it, right? You don't want to go so high to mm-hmm. set a high super present or something, but just two games. I mean, like, okay, so maybe, and, and this is a question, because Tim Howard got three games for yelling at a fan, right, supposedly? Well, he grabbed him, I thought. Well, that's not the story, though, right? That's not the official story. Right. Oh, okay, well, that's The official what story is he yelled at a fan and yeah. got blah, 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 you know, and all this other stuff. The truth is he did something else, which that maybe is showing how that that suspension got in there. Valid. But now, if MLS only suspended him for two more games, should New York, and I think New York should, do something else? Because they got to say, this this represents badly on us. The the way you reacted and the mm-hmm. way you reacted after it, smiling and smirking oh, and all yeah. this other shit, and then not until you're like walking away, do you even like, oh, yeah, sorry. But the quite honestly, stadiums booing at you. Are you like, oh, maybe I did something wrong? There's still video when he walk. He's wa- about to walk in the tunnel that he's smiling. Like, hmm, yeah, what's this all about? So, that's another thing we talked about on the podcast was if you know the Red Bulls have to get this right also. And yes, they do. Yeah, that seems like man, you gotta give him like as a team, give him one more game. You had to be expecting more than that. So like, give him one more game, and you'll still get him back sooner than you would have thought. You know. <laughs> Well, I mean, it may not be an official announcement, but maybe when it comes to suspension is over, he doesn't see the field for a while still. Yeah. You know, we'll see. And that's, and yeah, they may not be able to announce it. And I know there's like CBA rules and all this right, stuff right. that you can do. And, you know, the players union probably step in if they did something, but you just can't be doing this, man. You cannot be that doing was, this. It was bad. It was bad. It was. But brighter days ahead. Right, we're a very positive team here. Positive. <laughs> Optimistic realist. I mean, hey, looking, in a month from now, let's talk after this homestand. Looking, looking so, at some of our commenters and looking at the Cauldron Facebook page, we are exceedingly positive. This this podcast is compared to that. Yes. So, so Bob, are you going back to that article you wrote and saying I told you so? Um, I'm biding my time. Uh, yeah. He's like, Your time he's, I'm will biding come. my time. He's like, I've already started writing the article. Don't worry. <laughs> well, and I think not it's that I've funny. written anything else lately, but but I think it's funny because like in sports, like is it not so true? Like, I mean, Peter said a quote in training the other week. He was like, you know, don't ride the high, the highs too high and the lows too low. Sure. Do fans do anything but ride oh. the highs <laughs> as high as they can and the lows as low as That's they can? That's the privilege of being a fan, that though, is a, isn't it? It, it really is. When yeah. you don't have to really look at both sides, you don't have to analyze the situation. You can just be like, this is great. I'm so happy. Or this is terrible. And I'm, Yeah, because you live it? and die with your team. That's what just the it way it not, is. Is it not sporting Kansas City fans worse about it than other fans? Well, that's because no. we know so many sporting Kansas City I don't fans. Think so. I mean, I don't... I. Uh, I, I think sporting fans are worse at it. In one season, we've gone to, they're going to win the quad, to, 
Vermees is messing up. He's got to go. What's going to happen this season? Oops. There, there's a core group of people out there that hate Vermees and want him to go whenever they have a two-game losing streak. So it's they're going to show up no matter what. And by the way, they don't have a two-game losing streak. Okay, <laughs> folks. Okay, folks. Hey, let's just say this. Thank God we're not, um, what, Chicago? Thank God we're not New England. Thank God we're not um, Colorado. Oh, God. Let's just be thankful, shall we? Can right. you imagine being a fan of the Rapids? <laughs> Any God. three of those teams the last how many years? At 20? least you would be high. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Who says um, I'm not already, though? <laughs> no, and Orlando. This is something else when I was talking to Peter. He mentioned that if you look at the performance of this team, they they've played in two semifinals in the last six months. Semifinal for the MLS Cup, semifinal for the Concacaf Champions League. That's Man, not six bad. Months. That's a that's a very no, good reminder. It's not bad at all. Like the fact if, that we even have to like say like, oh, it's like not bad. No, it's great. It's, <laughs> they're really good. Yeah, and they will probably go through a bad streak right now with the injuries and all that stuff. And there will be some ups and downs, and there'll be some uneven performances, and they'll be building back up some confidence and. Like we said earlier, by the last three two months of the the season, they could have everybody back firing on all cylinders and make a run through the cup, regardless of if, if they finish sixth or third. Right. Dramatic midsummer signing, right. <laughs> right. as we've all been waiting for, yeah. as as they do so often. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, for the record, I'm still not that I ever thought we were going to win the quad, but I. I still think this team, yes, there's a lot of injuries right now, and as Thad said, there's going to be a rough period. But I do think that this team is can be as good as we saw and that we thought that they were going to be this year. I don't, I haven't really seen any reason to think like, oh, that player is not near as good as we thought, mm-hmm. or you know, anything the, like that. The team that destroyed Toluca, the team that destroyed uh, Montreal, the team that destroyed Pan- still the Panamanian there. team. In the second round, Go on. Um, it, it's there. It's in there. The team that's unevenly they they've never played well on turf, so getting a result in Cincy was not bad. Getting a result, uh, and like I said about the LA game earlier, it they're not a bad team. They're in a bad patch right now, and that, I don't think there's anybody wants to deny that. But it's really only one league game that's been really bad. So let's let's see what happens. And more silver lining. There's room for Gutierrez to step up his game. Room for Sanchez to step up his game. Rowe, there's room for, you know, Shiloh to step up his game. So we did all that without those guys really playing their best. Okay, and anything Amelia, else? we have to say for now. But Okay, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, um, I do. I have one parting word. Don't ride the highs too high and don't ride the lows too low, sporting Kansas City fans. Everything's going to be okay. And keep listening to us because we'll we'll oh, bring Allie. you up about it. If you're too low, that's what this podcast will do. <laughs> and that's it. And that's it. Okay. Um. So, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Blue Testament KC. Make an account on the website. Leave us a comment. Tell us how we did and how much better the podcast is with Allie here. <laughs> and Cody, I think a picture with Cosmo would be appropriate as well. That we get some likes, I think. Yeah, we do have a yeah. guest, a guest pod. He's been very quiet. He has. But Little... it's cool because, like, the Wizards, Cosmo. I don't know. There's like <laughs> there's something. A little relationship there. He's like the, the cosmic connection, man. Oh yeah. We're all... <laughs> <laughs> was that your? That was your stoner voice. I liked it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do that, that again. Explains why I don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
was like that was like basing it off of like what people do in movies. That was like that was like my that seventy show. So Allie Stone is like not fun. That was her cheat. She, she becomes a loser. More so than I am already. All right, guys, we will get back with you uh, mid next week. Until then, go sporting. Has just been sent off. Some part of strong evolved on soft like fun fun tanks. Got me drinking. My fun fun tanks got me drinking. My fun fun tanks got me drinking. Give me beer or whiskey, one or gin. Anything to shake this foot I'm in. My fun fun tanks got me drinking. My fun fun tanks. Drinking, my fun fun tanks got me drinking.